Okay, uh, welcome back to uh, all of the millions of listeners that will no doubt tune into this. It's another sporting blog podcast. We've had a little break because I've been busy doing other things and um, we do try only to get really interesting guests. We're not really a podcast that just fills in the blanks and has to do one every week. And, you know, this year we've had the founder of Reebok, we've had the chairman of the uh, Esports Association, we've had 20-year world champion of real tennis, Rob Fay, and sports marketing guru, Tim Crow. And now I'm pleased to say we have some people who are not male and uh, also a bit younger, uh, which is nice for us. So I've got with me Amy, Eve and Caitlin. Caitlin's frozen, so we'll see if she stays with us or not. Um, <laughs> Wi-Fi issues. Um, in fact, she's gone, but let's kick off anyway. And when she comes back, she comes back. Some of you, dear listeners, may have seen, and I hope you have seen, the Her Game 2 initiative that was launched about a week ago. We're 27th of May now. Um, and it piqued my interest as someone that has a day job in a sport that, uh, luckily for us, is ahead of the curve when it comes to gender equality, including, you know, same prize money for men and women. They can compete in races and all of that stuff. But one thing that's long bugged me, and as a as a sort of tragic Twitter user myself, um, the interaction between some male football fans, you know, in inverted commas, and women that are interested in the game. So the the Her Game Two campaign uncom uncovered and highlighted some uncomfortable truths, I think, for a lot of us. And um, I got three of the uh, the starring cast. Um, no pun intended there, Amy. And um, I think let's just start off by doing an introduction. So why don't we start with Amy? She's top left as I'm looking at it. Sure. So my name's Amy and I'm one of the 12 uh, founders of Her Game 2. I'm based in London and normally work in theatre. So kind of football is sort of my hobby on the side. I've always loved football growing up and played it and watched it all my life. And I'm a Swansea fan. Okay, Eve, why don't you give us your, your spiel? Okay, uh, so my name's Eve. I'm a Bristol City fan based in Solihull. Um, and football has basically shaped my life since leaving school. Um, so I went on to uni, did a sports degree, and ever since then I'm a football coach. And my career is now uh, based um, in, in the footballing industry. Okay, why don't you finish us off? Um, so I'm a Newport County fan, Newport born and bred, um, based in Cheltenham, currently um, in my final year of university, studying sports journalism. And yeah, I live and breathe sport. If I'm not watching it as a hobby, I'm working on it and I just can't escape it. But I love it. <laughs> OK, so the first thing to say, of course, is that um, clearly you're all passionate about, let's just say football, but sport in general. Um, it's in your DNA um, and in one way, shape or form, you're, you're involved in this every day. So there's no kind of sport virtue signaling here. There's no <laughs> we're kind of sporty girls type thing. It's, it's all legit. So let's just get that out of the way for a start. Um, you've probably done a number of these things I've seen on TV um, and probably other podcast interviews where you've explained where her game to uh, came from and the background to it. But let's just cut straight to the chase and let's look at the uncomfortable bit first. So 
whichever one of you wants to go first, why don't you just explain or, or highlight something that may have happened to you specifically uh, online that, that helped spark the, the motivation to do this. Um, and if you want to paint an uncomfortable picture, that's fine. Hopefully there's mainly adults listening. Wants to go, go first. first. <laughs> <laughs> go for it, Caitlin. Um, yeah, I think I'll get myself out of the way first because I think um, initially when I was like approached to be part of the campaign, I was thinking I don't really get too much like sexist abuse online, um, and I thought to myself, like, oh, I'm quite lucky. And then I said that out loud, and I thought that sounds absolutely insane to say that I'm lucky to not get sexist abuse which yeah absolutely blew my mind and I thought this campaign the the angry people shouldn't just be the ones receiving the abuse online it should be everyone it should be dads uncles brothers friends you know people who don't like football it should be everyone um that's angry and passionate about you know women having a voice in sport um but I think my experience kind of comes from more um, of like a professional point of view in terms of I've been in press boxes where you know if we get uncomfortable men look you up and down or I've walked into offices and men have asked you know who in the office are you you know seeing or like who you're in a relationship with or which player do you fancy um, you know I've had men push in front of me in queues waiting for press passes um, for FA Cup games when I was there reporting for the FA. Um, uh, so, yeah, they're, they're kind of my experiences. I suppose they come from, um, yeah, more of like the professional side instead of the social media side of things. But, yeah, I think we need to be as passionate about both sides because I think social media, people see it as um, a past to just be horrible. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Eve, why don't you... Um tell us something that you know may have happened to you that's that, that you know can sort of help us zone in on how this stuff really came about okay so um the i've got like all the traditional or oh, you don't uh you can't have an opinion you're a girl you don't know anything about the sport why don't you support the women's game um and then the classics why don't you make me a sandwich i've been sent just the sandwich emoji i thought that was, that was uh quite quite clever that's also um, like the, the the weakest if someone's going to give so you a it's so cool honestly just sandwich emoji there you go um but i've i also so i experienced it um, quite a lot on on nights out so because I'm, I'm based um, in the West Midlands I'll um, get chatting to people on a night out and we'll, we'll be having a talk about football um, the majority of the time they're going to be Villa or Blues fans and um, I remember one time I was talking into these I think they were about to go into the playoff final about to get promoted and we were chatting about our experiences at the football that was absolutely fine um, and then just the stone throw away there were some men like not part of their group who found out I was a Bristol City fan and they just started like making rude gestures um, Cockney rhyming slang for Bristol City is titties so there they're going oh get your Bristol titties out to me making all these gestures and just shouting over me not listening to the fact that I've been going for the past 20 years um, and just really 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 got to be to, to be fair they knew what they were doing um, and it's, it's just attitudes like that it's just really cheap uh, cheap banter it's not even banter though it's wrong mm -hmm. and I think 
it's it's been perceived oh you should take a joke um oh we don't mean it mean get back in the kitchen but it's just been going on for far too long um and I think the people saying it don't realize just just how frustrating it is like why should we have to prove that we are allowed to to have a say to go um to prove our yeah to prove ourselves um and so I think that people have got away with it for far too long and we've just we've had enough yeah that's well we'll come on to come on to those details but Amy I mean give us some uh, an example from your your side sure I think um listening to the girls I think it is so interesting to for us as a group of 12 I think each of us have slightly different experiences of this, whether it is what Caitlin said, like things, this is in her sort of workplace, you know, this is happening. Um, and for me personally, it's been a much more online based problem. I personally, not that I can really remember any time I've experienced it in real life, going to a game. Um, I've often often been with my family you know whether that affects anything or not I don't know but I've been lucky if you want to say like Caitlin did to not experience it to my face um but yeah about I mean I've always been quite vocal with my support for the swans like on Twitter but obviously March last year I got furloughed and I was able to really really invest myself into all the football like I've always watched I'll always sit through a football game but I sort of really committed to like really getting to know the championship like watching games I wouldn't normally watch like getting really involved and sort of sharing my opinion on both Twitter and TikTok and it's since doing that that I have experienced sexist comments online and similarly to what Eve has said about you know are your opinions invalid what would you know you're a woman um you know I'll put you know players maybe I think are underrated or overrated as like a you know a tr copying trends on TikTok and Twitter and the backlash that I get for something like that and it's it's the fact that the comments some people will disagree and that's fine uh we all like to acknowledge that that we have an opinion and sometimes people will disagree but if you're gonna disagree and then tell me it's because of my gender or that my opinion's wrong because of my gender then that's when the problem starts and I think for me over the past sort of six months it seemed to just get worse and worse and worse and I eventually just started sharing things on Twitter um, this is what I'm experiencing, you know, and eventually Kaz, who founded her game too, sort of picked me up and got me on board. So that's my experience. So all slightly different, um, especially Caitlin in the professional environment, uh, working in professional sport, that doesn't surprise me in many ways, um, which is a sad truth. Um, how much of this is down to it being football and football fans, as opposed to it being for example, would this happen if you were cricket fans? Would this happen if you were rugby fans? I, I, I'm quite involved with like rugby. I've, I've always watched rugby. Again, it's a massive family thing for us. And I've never online seen any sexist abuse towards women in rugby. I don't know if the, uh, the girls have any other experiences, but I, I do think football is particularly bad. Um, but that's just what I've seen. So I'm not sure whether anyone else has any other information about that um yeah i agree um I, so I, I don't see well any to be honest to be fair i'm i'm not as invested in in rugby and cricket like a, only if there's a, a big tournament going on um but 
I think a lot of the abuse come online comes from um, profile profiles that have got haven't got proper profile picture can't trace them um, and I, I just I don't think they would people like um, accounts like that exist in rugby and cricket um, and then transferring that to experiences I've had in real life I I can't see you being in a pub and then getting into a, a debate about uh, yeah about having to justify why you're there um, so I really do think it's a bigger issue in in football yeah so do we do we put this down to the mentality of the football fan in general because you know again without sugarcoating it um you don't often see fans fighting outside rugby stadium you don't see uh opposition fans and this you know rugby is a good example because mm. fans all get pissed and cricket people are drinking all day they go in pubs before and after and you don't see too many tear-ups apart from probably at the end of the night when everyone's, you know, falling about. Um, so you know, is, this, is this a football problem or is it a wider societal problem with a demographic of that society? I mean, what, you mentioned, Eve, about the, the faceless profile accounts, which, you know, in my gut feeling is for the most part and by the use of language, are very young people, kids being morons, um, rather than what you'd say, you know, the sort of true misogynistic 50-year-old, what do you know about football sort of thing. And this comes back to me, come back to the question to me is like, how much is this a societal problem that somehow football fuels the fire of, as opposed to it being a kind of systemic problem within football? What do you think, Caitlin? Um it's a good question because I definitely know of scenarios of um, one of my good friends from uni, actually, she's on the same course as me, a year younger than me. And um, I know she wouldn't mind telling this story because she's been very vocal on social media and stuff anyway um, herself. But she's a like rugby is her thing. She absolutely loves rugby. And um, she's been sat in a pub where, you know, the classic 50 year old white male misogynistic has shouted over to her that she knows nothing about football. Um, you know, obviously being being the woman in the room. Um, but then it, go, it does go from that to right down the other end where, mm. they, you know, some of these boys are probably 10 years old with Twitter and these, you know, these footballers as uh, their pictures. And they're so influenced by everyone else and what they're seeing that they're not, you know, they're not forming their own, forming their own opinions. And I think it goes down to our generation is so influenced by everything we see on social media even down to the way we look, how we act, what we buy, um, absolutely everything. And I think, yeah, the influence of social media is scary to me. And I think it's, it can be a very, very dangerous thing. I, I tell you for why. So I've got a season ticket, unfortunately, at Spurs. Um, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's a weight that I have to, a cross I have to bear. And <laughs> the, the pub I go to before the game is the diviest dive pub you can get. Still got like an old square TV. And this is full of season ticket holders only, you know, reasonably hardcore, no aggravation, but died in the wall Spurs fans who've been going for years, men and women. And I've never heard in the pub anyone speak to a female fan with anything other than just the same banter we have. And this is your classic sort of misogynistic type of environment you'd think. But actually, that sort of place there's there's a mutual level of respect for people that go and have been going for years and years and all the rest of it 
And I think that, of course, online, that sort of environment doesn't exist because, you know, unless you're really close to someone and you know them in person and, and you interact with them online as well, all these other people are either faceless or they're complete strangers to you. And of course, your feelings and their feelings, there's no regard for either one. So I find it interesting, especially with you, Caitlin, sort of with your involvement with, with Newport County, which, you know, is a different sort of environment to going to, you know, Spurs' new spaceship stadium, <laughs> which is not all it's cracked up to be, by the way. Um, and it, it's sort of interesting taking the experiences of what you really see at the game or, or what, as opposed to then what lives online. And that unfortunately becomes our interpretation of what happens at the game. Now, I don't know. Amy or Eve, have you had any bad experiences at an actual match, like in the stands or in the pub, compared to maybe how it is when you're going to like a big match? Like if you go and watch the Champions League final, it's going to be all guys, all supporting different teams, and maybe they're like, "What are you doing here?" Nonsense. Uh, do you have the same bit when you go to watch Bristol City, Eve? Have you had, you know, in the stands or in and around? Have you had any grief? Um, I personally haven't. Um, I mean, when I when I was uh, six or seven, I remember I was eating a pie at the football and I got all gravy around my face <laughs> and the block was singing who ate all the pies. To the <laughs> <laughs> oh, Eve. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but I love that. I'm like, yeah, like I was, I was the fatty eating the pie. What's your experience been? But um, um, I have like seen it um especially being an uh, away fan um i think um it, the home fan women are really easy targets um mm. you can find a chance that gets sung um but, but uh, could would that person who started the chant go up to a woman in the street and say it i don't think they would um so i have seen it happen but very very rarely um, and oh, I want to make it clear that it, I really think it is the minority of football. I, I think football fans get such a bad rap and there are some proper bad ones out there, but the majority <laughs> like, aren't sexist, aren't racist and aren't, just want to go and enjoy the game. So um, I'm not sure where, where these people are coming from and, and the as you say, it's probably just from what they're seeing on social media. Um, I mean, I I love when all these pictures come up and it's like um, of like a hundred years ago and it's all the working class men going to watch watch Liverpool and, and they're all singing like all together. I, I just, that sense shivers down my spine and I love that, but I also love how we've come so far from that. And I, th I think the majority of people are with, and, and the people who are saying all these sexist things are oh it should still be the middle class men going I I yeah so I'm, I'm not tarring I don't even think it's football fans the majority of them who are, who are sending all this abuse it, it's people like yeah cheap uh cheap likes and retweets people online um I think I've proper diverted there but <laughs> I, I personally I haven't received anything towards me about my gender at football games but I have seen it happen very rarely. And Amy? Um, no, nothing particularly directed at me. I would say that particularly as sort of a younger teenager, I have 
definitely felt intimidated and that's not that's not anyone's fault that's me as a that was me being a teenager you know feeling like I'm the only girl here like or I'm the only teenage girl around you know whatever but um I think that's something else that is something we can definitely look at with her game too though in making it a place where girls do feel more comfortable you know it can be a scary place we all know we've been surrounded by boys some girls some teenage girls don't have the confidence to do that they might want to go and see the football so it would be good to sort of um help younger girls sort of get to those matches and not feel so intimidated but similarly to eve no nothing no sexist abuse thrown at me uh in the ground but you know unfortunately some women have Sure. And um, unfortunately, you know, those incidents aren't just confined to sporting arenas, as we know. So, you know, with a lot of this stuff being said, um, let's let's dial back round to her game two and what can be done about some of these things, whether it's I mean, we, we obviously the, the, the topic of unreg uh, sorry unbranded social media accounts and all of that is a bigger story i still maintain that if you make if you charge people for something uh, it would get rid of it instantly if you charge people 10 pounds a month to be able to reply to tweets for example um i think within about half an hour you would kick a lot of these people out because they're not going to spend 120 quid a year for the benefit of just calling someone a dick um so there's that anyway let's not get into that um her game too specifically um You've raised an awful lot of awareness this week. You've had some, some good media coverage. It's travelled across platforms. And I know you guys aren't finished yet. Um, what's the, I wouldn't say what's the goal, but what practically comes next in order to start moving it away from the awareness phase? I know there's only early days, but from awareness through to action and execution. What, what, what happens next in your minds? I know there's 12 of you, so you know, we'll have slightly different things, but what happens next in your minds to, to kick this on? I've seen some brand work and other bits and pieces, obviously formalizing it, making it more official. What's next in, in making a real, uh, a, a real difference and, and seeing a change? Anyone? Um, well, yeah, as 12 of us, so we've, I think we've all got so many ideas. And, and all We're like bursting at the seams, aren't we? Yeah, the we? group We're like, chat oh. is crazy. <laughs> like every day, it's like someone's like, oh, I've got an idea. Um, but I think, so even this is still raising awareness, um, but it, like it was really important to uh, me, I know, I think the majority of the girls, we wanted to get the data to prove that it is actually an issue and it's not just the 12 of us. Mm -hmm. um, therefore, um, we've sent uh, this questionnaire out to girls. Um, so we're not posting it publicly because we don't want it to get hijacked by people <laughs> who aren't girls. Um, so that's going to be really interesting to see that data coming through. Mm -hmm. um, and that will help shape, help us shape where we want this campaign to go um and as amy alluded to like we're really keen to make football a nice place to be um and for social media to be a, a happy safe place to be to to um yeah raise your opinions um therefore uh we've got we've got lots lots of different ideas um on how we, we want communities um and so an opportunity for for girls to to have this safe space to come and to help encourage them 
um, young girls, older girls, it doesn't matter, ladies, um, everyone's welcome. And we just want to create this nice community. Eve, let me jump in because I've got some of the um, survey results in front of me if you want to see them. So we've, we're, it's, we're still going with this. We've got just under 300 responses at the moment. And the ones that jump out to me are, um, have you ever seen any sexist abuse online targeted towards a woman in football? And 92% have said yes, which I think is crazy. Um, and then similarly with the, have you experienced any online abuse or any abuse at a football ground? Both of them are in the 60% um, of, of women saying yes which I thought I'd just throw that in there whilst we're talking about this. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty damning evidence. Um, it would require the, the sharpest jury in the world to uh, see where we're going here. Um, how much support, I mean, I'm sure nothing yet, but how much support do you expect to get from the platforms in question? So like Twitter and... For example. I've um I signed a petition a while back which was to make identification necessary for social media and I know that the government discussed it because I got the email through which told me it and they basically said that doing so takes away freedom of speech which for me is just the fact that we're literally like ruining people on social media like this is it's not a joke. People are killing themselves because of social media. Like it's it's such a deep problem. And their argument is it takes away freedom of speech to me just feels so wrong. And they the one thing that they did say is that because it it has to be we have to be able to protect people who are vulnerable um, from, you know, it said something it mentioned um women who have been domestically abused men who have been domestically abused we have to keep them safe and allow them a voice under a name that isn't their own and things like that so I understand there's people that we must protect but for me if we had um if you had to identify yourself as in you know like you do on um tin is it tinder I think you have to like show your a driving license or prove that it's you who's signing up like an identification process I like you said with the money thing I think that would just wipe 90% of it out because most of these accounts wouldn't want to have any of what they're saying be tracked back to them as people because it would be too easy then to to arrest people for racial abuse online like it's but you know they are talking about it but I also agree there's only so much we can do we can campaign for it to be spoken about again um but I don't think the big companies like that are that bothered personally if I'm, yeah if I'm okay to jump in I think the main issue for me working um you know kind of not alongside these huge companies but um obviously I have an idea of how they work and stuff with what I do um I think the main thing for me which gets me so frustrated is so many of these companies and organizations just love to be seen to be doing something like we love to whack a hashtag on our armbands and, you know, put it on the front of a shirt and get it trending for a week. And it's like, well, what is that actually doing? Like, are you reviewing your recruitment processes to make sure that women and, you know, BAME people like are represented and what are you actually doing? Do you know what I mean? That's, mm -hmm. I think that's the main issue for me that I get so frustrated mm -hmm. about. All these campaigns and these slogans are, are fantastic, but 
what are we really doing to combat the problem? I think it's, it's just words on a screen, really, initially. I think um, what we want to do, though, with Her Game 2 is that we want to, yes, like you said, create the awareness, but also try and make a change in so in as many aspects as we can. So that being like whether we work with schools and younger girls, whether we, you know, we're working on a website at the moment and we're going to have a blog basically a blog section where we've offered to like girls across the internet to, like, to offer them a voice, a platform for them to tell us about their experiences, tell us about, you know, who their top 10 players are without men coming in and saying you're wrong. Like we want to offer that platform. And, and that's the main aim is to get as many of the clubs behind us as possible, whether that's representing us, whether it's like putting us into their strategy business strategy whatever that is we want to sort of really get stuck in and um see change happening right from the bottom you know grassroots football all the way up to to the top leagues well there's no doubt that community building's very powerful and um the the voices from communities uh such as yourselves which is ever growing and will continue to grow do get taken more seriously than uh, anonymous petitions and things like that. So even though uh, the government would have to debate something over X amount of signatures or whatever, a larger companies, I think, will only pay credence to that uh, when they're kind of directly affected by it. So whilst it's in the talking stage, it's not a big deal. Communities and the people that actually use their platform, making a difference, raising awareness is a, is a slightly different thing because then you're, you're fucking with the advertising money. Because if the people leave the platform, the ads don't get bought, they're not worth as much, et cetera, et cetera. Hence why my charging £10 a month is a genius plan, because you cover yeah. all the money you would have lost anyway. Yeah. Um, it's not that genius. It's like fucking yeah. anyone could think of it. <laughs> But that, um, I think that's the frustrating thing, though. Like, I, I, so many people say, why don't we just get an identification process? Why don't we charge? You know, there's so many ideas floating around. And when I get asked, what do you think should be done? I don't have all the answers. But the fact that sat here you know we can come up with a list of a list of you know things that even slightly minimize the solution it's like why do these people with you know the government or twitter like some a platform as big as twitter and as you know wealthy as twitter and the government and the money that they absolutely you know plow into certain things is just like we, like i said we've come up with a few things just now on the spot over a zoom call and it's like It'll what be someone's you, job. Like, where are you? Yeah, yeah, it'll be someone's job to be sorting yeah. this out. You think, come on, step up. Exactly. Yeah. But we, we've seen with, with Black Lives Matter uh, and other things in the last year that, as I said, not just community, but mass movement of thought mm. does change the dial slowly, mm. maybe not brilliantly, but it starts. If you have a website and a blog that's publishing regularly and a growing community, not only will you get noticed you'll be heard and that's the big difference is that you can notice a lot of things but being heard is the key right yeah I was gonna say uh, I compare it to the Super League you know how many people thought well you can't go against these these big owners and these chairmen these multi-billionaires and you know the working class fans they all stepped out and they made a change and no one no one's voice is is too small to make a change if you group together and you have a good enough idea which is what you know, the 12 of us did effectively. We made a group chat over social media and, you know, we made a wave across the nation. Um, I think it, it just proves that, you know, these things can, there are things that can be done. So do you think, 
um, you know, one of your, I don't know, again, there's 12 of you with lots of different ideas, but do you think one of your end goals then is for a systemic change in how social platforms operate? Because of course you can't punish a misogynistic male for having a bad opinion mm. and an outdated opinion. Abuse is one thing, being a prick is another. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not, you know, the Twitter, for example, can't be judge and jury on a bunch of characters typed from a phone or a keyboard unless it's genuinely abusive or a word that shouldn't be written, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. The education piece, I think, is really interesting, especially at the school level, because there's a, there's, there's a basic human decency thing that I find that we've missed. And I don't know if it's a generational thing or whatever. I just can't imagine in the 60s and 70s, uh, obviously I wasn't alive, but I can't mm -hmm. imagine that people were so wantonly abusive to each other, no matter though they obviously didn't have a platform for it, but it just doesn't fit right with the generation. When you listen to your parents and your grandparents talk, like you wouldn't just pile into someone because they have a different opinion to you or, or come from a different background. Yeah. So how much are you guys gonna focus on the platforms and compared to just the sort of awareness piece? And, and if you're gonna do that, how do you think you can get heard from a, you know, from an, ex an executive level at, at companies like Twitter and Facebook? Hmm. I think the first, yeah, my brain's just con condensing. All the I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's a question that's answered like we're going to do X, Y, Z. It's more like as a, if you look at Black Lives Matter, they have to go to the degree that the world has to unite here on this. And because it's very visible, um, you know, big leagues and organizations all got together because they're organized, they've got big comms teams and they've got big budgets to get together and do stuff like this. It's a lot harder when there's, you know, 12 guys who come up with an idea. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, clearly, um, well, from my point of view, I've seen it all over the web for the last week so it's working especially yeah. if people like me see it so it's just a question of like how maybe it's let, let's rephrase it like you're obviously driven to turn this into a, a big online community um with specific aims in mind um let's change the thing what what's your first what's the first thing you really want to achieve in the coming months now you've kind of got the thing rolling you've got your ideas what's the first thing you'd like to see happen or, or what benefit would you like to see come from from the, the recent publicity you've had i think coming off um the back of what you just said and mentioning black lives matter for me to, if we just remove like twitter and the fa and facebook and everyone for me like with the black lives matter movement it enabled me to as a very privileged white female living in the uk it enabled me to see other people's experiences and try and think about other people a little bit more and personally I now because of what's happened over the last year with that movement would feel way more confident in standing up for something if I heard it and it was wrong and I wonder whether that sort of mentality is something we can look to find for you know if a man overhears a woman a man overhears another man kind of calling a woman out for being sexist whether it's online or in person maybe that man would feel a little bit more informed and a little bit more confident to be able to say shut up you know and mm -hmm. i and i wonder whether that's the sort of like thing we need to look at as more of like a human the human community aspect rather than the big dogs up the top because um, that's just how that's how that's what the Black Lives Matter movement did for me. It made me feel more confident in saying 
being able to say no or, or calling people out when they've been racist, you know. So hopefully we can do a similar sort of thing. I completely agree. I think one of the key words is education. And if it's not being done in um, schools, etc., I feel like some of us do have a duty to speak up our, and use our platforms, which luckily enough now, as 12 girls, we do have a, a, a growing platform, a rapidly growing platform um, to be able to, you know, hopefully offer that education. I think some, obviously we received so many unbelievably nice comments. It was hard to sift through them all. Um, but I think personally, some of the best ones for me was seeing men say, oh, I used to say that when I was younger or, <laughs> you know, I, I was, it's, the videos made me aware of, you know, some things I'd say in the office that are so casually sexist. And now I'll think twice when I'm saying, oh, who, which which one do you fancy the most? And at the start in 11 kind of thing. Mm. That was the, the thing for me that I was like, yes. Change. We're making you think. <laughs> yeah, we're making you think. And um, yeah, and credit to those people as well who did, you know, who, who admitted that because I think a lot of people don't want to, don't want to come out and you know go against it's kind of that's another generational thing I feel like mm. we're so headstrong and we we don't like being told no or we don't like switching our opinions um so seeing that I think for me felt like the most um you know rewarding comments that we received we also got some from um men who go to the football with their daughters and or mm. wives um and said because of this they haven't experienced this this doesn't happen mm. um and like what you said about the the black lives matter amy like we some people are in this little bubble and don't realize that that it is going on um and and it's okay to to step back and say i didn't know but it, it clearly is and what can i do to to help and and you do you worry for for the dad going with his daughter saying no it's not because that that's not the, the support that you need like she needs to know that that it isn't acceptable and I think if you've got that attitude then the young girls that are going are going to think that they don't belong and then it's just going to get into this horrible cycle where they're yeah it it takes someone who can go against the grain to go to the to the pub or to the game and, and you really shouldn't like that's so dated now um so yeah being able to admit that maybe everything isn't as as happy as you think just because you're doing it right doesn't mean that everyone else is doing it right yeah, yeah. Like, i i think that um you know i followed some of the threads um both on the video and then other comments and you know, it was obviously quite absurd to see, you know, people even making slightly annoying comments on the video thread itself. Um, but I think there's a, an element of to be expected that, you know, will only change over a period of time, right? You know, it's not going to happen instantly. People aren't going to suddenly have an epiphany and be like, my goodness, you know, that it will happen. And, and I think what you're doing is really great. Um, I don't want to go, I don't want to keep you too much longer because you've probably got interesting things to do. But, um, one thing I do want to talk about, um, just just briefly, maybe, is is where where do you see or, or what currency do you put on the involvement of of people who have big social reaches to help you get to your goal? I mean, we saw Laura Woods, um, you know, thanking you and and that sort of thing. You know, how important is it? And this is where obviously 
Black Lives Matter went stratospheric because you've mm. got, um, you know, people with powerful reaches saying, how important is it for the, that you get the support from, from sort of important, doesn't necessarily have to be female, but figures in the sports industry and, and obviously football in the main to help kind of take you to the next level again? Go, Eve. Oh, yes. So it's, it's so incredibly important because every single time we get support from someone who is looked up to, who has a big following, who, who people respect anything that comes out their mouth, all the people that have tried to shoot us down, say it's embarrassing. <laughs> there have been a few people that have said, oh, like, oh, I can't believe they've done this. Like, they're just so embarrassed. And we're not at all. Because every single time we get a retweet by, by a notable person and, and just knowing that we're getting that support, like I hope that, that the people who have come for, for the video might just reflect and think, OK, maybe it's not cool to, to shoot it down and, and this is actually really needed. Um, but in this day and age, like influencers, they, they do, um, they, they hold like so much importance on on the platform um whether that's good or not i don't know but it, um and people look up to them and by having someone just retweeting a little comment yeah keep doing what you're doing it's important for our for our campaign it definitely adds um credibility as well you know because we are i don't want to say just 12 girls like because we're you know we've obviously managed to create something pretty good just being 12 girls but it does offer some credibility and validity to the campaign when people you know like laura woods kind of shares it and you know there's definitely people we have in mind who we'd love to see it and support you know i think about someone like rio ferdinand like he's so influential um, in the football industry, like particularly on Twitter with fans and everything, you think, imagine if he were to support that, you know, there's definitely people who we look at and think it'd be so great for them to kind of get on board with us. Because um, it is important. It's, it's, yeah, it's a shame we live in a world where we rely on that. But um, I think we'd still, without, if you take those people out, I'd still think we'd have a pretty valid and strong cause. Um, but it does help definitely getting the message across. Just to chip in quickly, um, I think as well for so many of these big people on Twitter, it's so easy to not say anything. Um, so the fact that they're, they're willing to back us and support us and, you know, go against the grain, I suppose, and retweet something that's seen as controversial, which again, seems absolutely insane. is fantastic. And for women like Laura Woods, it's, it's not just about the, you know, the stereotypically misogynistic footballing environment. It's it's about the girls that are, you know, they're the only girl on, on the schoolyard playing with a group of boys. And even, I mean, my experience in school, I was always that girl that was kicking a ball around with the boys. But Same. <laughs> yeah, but it was it was from other groups of girls as well, being like, she's doing it for boys' attention. So mm. it goes, it's it's not just the, like I said, the stereotypically misogynistic men. It, it is groups of girls in school. Um, you know, it's, it's groups of girls um, who play you know, Sunday league and it's all, and then it's women on Twitter, it's women at football games. It, there's so many just branches that you can cover. And um, yeah, I think we would, we would love to be able to cover all of them, you know, community, social media, um, you know, actual footballing games, grassroots football, school yeah, education. Football. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that would be absolutely key. And, and by the influence of these, these bigger um, people in these platforms, I think we, 
we can do a pretty good job. Well, um, it's interesting. Uh, I've got plenty of ideas on how we can support you both as a sporting blog and as, as Racing League as well. Um, racing does lead the way uh, in, in what you would call mainstream sports with, with this stuff. Um, our audience profile is 60-40 in terms of men and women. Almost 5 million people a year go racing and that split remains. And I think there's something we can do to, to help you out here too because there's, there's still issues no matter how well we're doing. There's still stuff we can do. And I think that we can we can transcend sport and, and, and do something a bit bigger to help so um look guys i'm gonna let you get on um it's been really good to talk i think we could probably talk about this all day because as it <laughs> refers there's so many branches to this and um from you know the the behavior of platforms to the behavior of humans and to the behavior of generations this is the one thing that i really sticks with me is is what generational difference can you make what example can you set your son or daughter mm. because you know there's a pretty pretty influential learning that happens at home and uh for me if if people are thinking that this is a normal way to behave or this is what we did or he, he's just having a laugh boys or we boys that's where i think you you can cut a lot of this stuff off at the roots but Again, probably for another day. Um, I'd love to catch up again in a couple of months, maybe see uh, how progress has been, especially after the Euros and a, and a big mm. summer of, of football. Yeah. And um, Amy's got a reasonably important game coming up at the at the weekend, which... Uh, I know, so does Caitlin. Yeah, next yeah, Monday. Quiet, sure. We both do. <laughs> yeah. Even I will just sit here with kind of nothing to... You just enjoy it. Yeah, just enjoy about. it. Must be nice to just sit and <laughs> <Yeah>. enjoy it. <laughs> um, Okay, guys, um, I will say to the listeners, I'll put all of the, the girls' social handles in the show notes, uh, links to various websites and publicity that Her Game 2 has had so far. Um, I imagine feel free to reach out if you'd like more information and, uh, of course, comment uh, or give me a shout um, if there's anything I can do to help. Thanks, guys. Um, I will try and get this published very soon. It's been Thank a pleasure you. to talk to you and, and really well done on what you're doing. And I look forward to following your progress and helping no. you out again. Thanks, Thanks so buddy. much. Thanks for all the support as well. You're welcome. Anytime. Thank you. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye.